All right, you guys are already a step ahead. All right, the fact that you're awake and responding. That's good. Hey, this is going to be an awesome, awesome day. Uh, we've got, at the end of the service day, we've got at least three baptisms we know about. We're going to celebrate that. But we're also going to start today with something very special that we do at the beginning of the year. And we are going to ordain a couple of men to new eldership. So Michael, come on up. And some of the other guys uh, that are here, Gene Floyd. And Michael Peach are our two new elders this year. Kevin Sweezy, wave Kevin. Kevin is coming on, but he's been ordained. He's already an ordained elder of our church. Uh, just kind of been on a long-term sabbatical. All right. And then Sebastian Aspiaga is the chairman of our elders this year. On Kevin, Steve Johnson, and Barney Barnett. Uh, and Dennis Hampton and myself. And Pat Murphy is also an elder, but not here today. Uh, but so Michael and Gene, let me just ask you these couple quick questions. All right. You're being set apart today as elders of this church. Uh, a title that means overseer, shepherd. You've been selected by the members of this church to care for their spiritual growth and to lead them toward maturity as Christians. Have you prayerfully considered uh, all the responsibilities that will be yours through your service as an elder? If so, respond, I have. Are you willing to accept this task and commit yourself to be a shepherd, a guardian, a leader, an example uh, for this family of Christian believers? If so, respond, I am. And finally, will you seek the help of God through prayer and the study of his word so that your service will bring honor to him and to his son, Jesus Christ? If so, answer, I will. And if you all would just step forward a little bit so guys can get behind you. Uh, Elders are going to lay hands on you. And Sebastian, as the chairman of our elder team, uh, is going to have a prayer of ordination. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this man. Thank you for their willingness to serve. Lord, I pray that you will fill them with wisdom and that uh, you will protect them, Lord. Them and their families through this uh, journey. In the name of Jesus, I pray and I thank you, God. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. And just so as you'll know, <laughs> Michael's wife, Jennifer, and son right over here. And Sue, you back there somewhere? There's Sue, there's Jean's wife back there, uh, and they've been a, they're both involved, and their families involved in our church. Now, let's get up and worship. Let's go. Let's go. Good morning, church family. We're going to start off with a new song. The song's called, Yes, I Will, and sometimes we have to wait on the Lord. I know sometimes that's hard for me. I know it can be hard for, for some of you out there, but in the waiting, God is still moving. Even though there's sometimes silence in a situation or in your life. Let's just hang on because I know that he is faithful. Can you just say that? God is faithful today. Amen. Let's sing together. Count on one thing the same God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. 
You're working all things out And yes, I will lift you high In the lowest valley Yes, I will bless your name
receive it, accept it, redeem by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Of how you conquered hell 
captive free But if there's more to you that I have yet to see Take me deeper I lift my hands in surrender Take me deeper one more time I lift my hands in surrender take me deeper is that your prayer this morning oh your love is like a river take me deeper take us deeper Lord If to know the power of 
is laying down my life that's what I'll do to follow you take me deeper Yes, Lord, take us deeper. Show us what we need. Not what we want, God. Let us not be content with just a little bit. Take us deeper, Lord. Help us to surrender it all to you, God. And what that means. There's so much that you want to show us, Lord. We thank you for your word today. It's going to penetrate our hearts, God. Transform us. We thank you, Lord, for that word today from your spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. That's good. Hey, here's what's so cool. I love coming to church and tearing the walls down. (laughs) Now, we'll tear them down every week. You keep showing up. I'm just saying, just saying, all right? Hey, one of the coolest things that ever, ever, ever happened in this room happened a little bit over eight years ago, all right? It was on a Sunday morning. It was the last Sunday of the year. And so we had, it's a Sunday in between Christmas and New Year's and back then you never knew. So we only had one service that day. Only had one service that day. And comp was preaching. Now to some of you, that doesn't mean anything because you're new over the last few years. But those of us that were around know that when Kevin Comp was preaching, you just really never knew what was about to happen. That's just part of the, that's just part of the gig, right? And the cool thing was, uh, a little over a week ago, like on December the 28th or 9th of 23, Kim and I are in Walmart in Frankfurt, and look up and look who's coming. Here comes Kong. And we started talking about all kinds of stuff, and we started talking about the coolest day eight years earlier when he had preached because that Sunday 
one service, he's trying to talk about generosity and doing cool things in the next year. And so here's what he did. Some of you know, remember full well, if you were here, you, you were having flashbacks right now. He had called the pizza guy and ordered a large pizza to be delivered to him at 1135 at this address in this room. Okay. He tells us that. And then while we're waiting, while we're waiting, he said, here's what we're going to do. Let's do something really cool. Let's do something extravagant. He he tells our our ushers back before we had the offering boxes and we actually still passed the trays. He says, hey, you guys go get the trays again. We're going to take up another offering. The lead pastor can never take up two offerings on the same day in the church and get away with it. But my boy comps like, we're going to take another offering. Here's what I need you guys to do. No checks, no big bills, just ones and fives, just ones and fives. Right, we're going to pass the plate and let's tip the pizza guy in an extraordinary manner. All right. So, so we do that. We do that. And that, that particular day, Kevin's preaching. I'm sitting right over here on this row where you guys are. So I've got a clean shot over here at this door and I'm watching when old boy opens the door and walks in and this place is, it's the only service we had that weekend. So this place is packed. We got every chair we own set up. People are like hanging from fixtures. It is packed in here. And old boy walks in the door like, oh. (laughs) Then it was the funniest thing he did. He goes, Kevin Comp? Like he thought one of the people sitting out here had ordered a pizza while the dude on stage is preaching. <laughs> and Kevin goes, no, man, it's over here. It's over here. And so he said, come here, come here. So the guy brings up, comes over, brings in the pizza up here, and Kevin starts talking to him and everything and asking him about his life and stuff and what's going on. And the guy actually kind of opens up and <laughs> like, here, just me and 900 of my closest friends in this room like <laughs> that I've never met before. <laughs> And he, he starts saying, like, it's really, it's, it's, it's been a tough year. There's some, there's some stuff going on. It's been really, really tough. And it kind of caught Kevin off guard. He kind of like froze up for a minute, like, because he emotionally, because he knew what was coming. <laughs> and he goes, well, man, I'm sorry to hear that. But thanks for bringing the pizza into the packed room. And we just thought we'd do something nice. So could you guys bring me the envelope? And the guys had taken the money and counted it and everything. They had one of those big, huge manila envelopes. You know, the kind of like when you see the movie and they rob the bank and they say, here, fill this envelope. It looks like that. You know, there's this envelope and it's like packed to the gills. And they bring it up and they'd written on the outside of the envelope how much it was. And so Kevin turns to the guy and says, here's a little over $1,700. Thanks for bringing us the pizza. It was incredible. I mean, I got my hair standing on my arms right now. You can't believe, you can't relate. You know, it's incredible what happens when God's people go. When God's people really, really let go. Because this year, that's what we're going to do. We're going to let go. And, and I'm glad you guys, I'm so, I'm so glad. Okay, we have to make a bond here. All right. Any of y'all that still have connections to or relationships with people that come to the 930 service you didn't hear me say this but thank you for having some energy (laughs) and if you went home and turned it on and are watching video I forgot about that sorry Uh, (laughs) because I had to do some coaching in first service 
It's about this let's go idea, all right? Because some of you, maybe not as many in this service, some of you grew up in a church where like, if the preacher wanted to like motivate people, like he'd say, and all God's people said, Apparently a bunch of you are in those churches, all right? All right. Well, so all right, so that was that was how you had to like prompt the motivation, all right? And so then around here a few years ago, we started something, and some of you guys know that if I say life is hard, you say there you go. Thank you for saying that with some energy. <laughs> Earlier this morning we got the words right. I wasn't just just wasn't sure we believed that he was good. Um <laughs> Life is hard, but God is good. I want to teach you something new starting today because it's our theme for the whole year. It's that's good. So like, I, and I don't want to have to prompt you, all right? If the Holy Spirit prompts you and there's something that goes down in worship, like, I don't know if you guys realize the songs today. There was some stuff. There was, these guys were pouring their heart into some things. And Let's go. where you at, big boy? Thank you for coming on over to the cool side, all right? Because some of you guys saw Matt walk out there this morning with a guitar, clean shaved. He's like, oh no, Dave's leading worship, you know? <laughs> and you like panicked, right? Yeah, because we're like brothers from a different mother. I love, seeing a, I love seeing a big man up there leading worship and pouring his heart out. But here... <laughs> but, but this kind of like... I love being sitting over there with my bride and while worship's going on in this service, turning around and seeing a bunch of you dudes singing your hearts out and your hands lifted high and not ashamed to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Because if the church is going to go and if the church is going to grow, it needs men who are going to step into their position and lead their families and be different and make a difference. So let's go. Let's go. So here's the, here's the, la- here's the new thing I want to teach you, all right? And some of you have experienced it before. Some of you have been in churches before. And I'm just going to leave that in churches before. Where if the preacher happened to land on something and the Holy Spirit like, like got hold of you. And you've been in churches where people would just stand up and yell, let's go. Come on. And, and, and when you knew it was really good, you knew it was really good. When, when somebody stands up and like, all right, let's go. I do much better when that happens. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. It's the coach in me. I just do much better when that happens. Because I am convinced that we are on the edge of something spectacular. I think what happened here last year was just setting the stage. It was just priming the pump for what could happen this year. But it will not happen if the church sits on its blessed assurance and doesn't go. It's time to go. That, lets, that whole idea, let's go, it can mean all kinds of things. You know, you think about, what is, how can you use the phrase, let's go? It can be, a, a, you can express it, uh, use it as an expression or a wish of, hey, let's go, let's go, whatever. Let's go, let's go. Or you could, <laughs> it can also be your way of telling somebody to 
move it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you're at McDonald's drive-thru, right? And you've already, you used your app and you ordered ahead and you're in line and that car in front of you, there is a full car length in front of them and they won't pull up because they're afraid they're going to scratch a fender or something. And I'm just like, let's go, let's go. But some of you don't act like you haven't been there. I know, I know. Sometimes let's go is just like, it's time to leave. Come on, let's go, let's go. Sometimes it's it's just a show of excitement when you're cheering for your team. Come on, let's go. And sometimes it's just an expression of anticipation. Some of you are about to show your age right now. All right. Do you remember Heinz ketchup when it, early days, and like in the late 1970s, and Carly Simon, you know the song? And they turned, some of you are like nodding, like, you, I know how old you are. Right? Like, anticipation is making me wait. See, I did lead worship anyway, all right? <laughs> So let's go. It can mean, okay. But, but finally, it can challenge. It can be, let's go. And that's how we're using it this year. Because the Bible is full of challenges from God for his people to take the next step. And sometimes that step is a really small one. Sometimes it's a huge one. That giant step for mankind. You never know what one little act will do. Coupled with hundreds of other little acts. And it will help God change the world. So let's go. Let's go. So here, I'm just going to give you a highlight really quick. You don't, you don't have to remember all this. I'm just so you know where we're going, where I think God is taking us, where we're going this year. We're going to have a whole bunch of little series within the big series because let's go is going to be the theme for the year. And by next week, we, yes, we will have T-shirts and hoodies with let's go. Just saying. Just saying. All right? All right? So here's what. Let's go. Let's go on mission. Next week, Jason and I are going to start a thing for three weeks. We're going to talk about our mission, which is those three words, reach, equip, and impact. Let's go on mission. Let's reach the world. Let's equip them to be fully devoted disciples so that they can impact the world for Christ. Let's go on mission. We're going to talk about families. We're going to talk, what's it look like? Let's go, let's go build up a marriage from getting to know each other to dating each other to getting married and to staying married. Let's go build families. Let's go build strong families. Whether our family involves kids that are at nursery level or early childhood or elementary or they're adolescent students. And let's build families. Let's go charge the storms of life. Charge them. Remember we had that lesson a couple years ago. What buffaloes do when they see the storm coming? Buffaloes never run from the storm. They charge the storm. Because buffaloes figured out that if they'll just charge the storm, they'll run through it and they'll come out on the other side quicker than if they run away from it. So let's charge them. Because some storms are coming. Right? Storms are coming. So let's, let's quit ignoring them. Let's charge the storms of pain. Let's charge the storms of doubt. Let's charge the storms of brokenness. Then we'll talk about going and living it out. Let's go live it out and and talk about our DNA. These things up here, worship, study, serve, give, share. And we're actually going to add something else. And you've got to be here to know what it is when it comes, all right? But let's go live those things out. Let's go jump into the Word. I thought it was so cool last week. Mark's quoting Scripture. And we're going to dig into the Word in the first and second Peter in the summer. We're going to go through chapter by chapter, first and second Peter. Let's go dig into the Word. And then as school starts back in the fall, we're getting really bold. Let's go, let's go navigate our culture and quit dodging stuff. So we're going to boldly talk about, let's go talk about racism. Let's go talk about gender identity. 
Let's go talk about sexuality in the way that God intended it. Let's go talk about what it means to live with a government that doesn't follow the standards that we do. How do we do those things? Because there's no point in dodging it. We need to learn about it, all right? And then we're going to talk about what would it look like, man, if we just all had financial freedom? Let's go find financial freedom. And that's going to be one of the series. So that's where we're going this year. You guys ready? All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go figure this stuff out. Let's go figure this stuff out. But here, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. You can't go alone. In fact, don't go alone. When you isolate and you go alone, that's when you get messed up. That's when Satan's got his hands on you. So you can't go alone. We got to do this together as a team because the reality, the reality of that day with the pizza guy, here's the reality. Kevin could have waited a couple hours and ordered a pizza at home. No, Kevin, he probably did. But anyway, that's a different story. All of us could have done the same thing. And we may have even in our own homes, in our own places, chosen to tip the guy nicely. But there was just something about doing it together. There was just something about, I I bet none of us would have tipped him (laughs) $1,700. I bet none of us would have done that. In fact, here was the deal about this. No one person here that day made a huge tip. No one wrote a check. It was all cash. It was all small bills. No single person did anything extravagant. But when it was all brought together, it was amazing. It was amazing can't go alone. I want you to look and see, look at Psalm 122. David, the author of this psalm, Psalm 122, he started the psalm off with this verse. Check this out. Psalm 122, 1, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Okay, look it up in your Bibles. All right, David wrote, here's what he wrote. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us go to the house of the Lord. There we go. Because here's the deal. Here's what David was talking about. David was talking about right there. He was talking about when the temple was built. And how excited he was when he could finally go to the temple. To go to the house of the Lord. Because there was something about that going to the house of the Lord together. And and he was excited. And I love how he ends the verse. And now, here we are. So next week. Next week, you know, memorize scripture. You got one verse of scripture to memorize, all right? Memorize it this week. And, and, and when you get ready, when you get ready next Sunday or Thursday night, if you're a Thursday nighter and just hanging out with us today, when you get ready, just quote the first part of it. As you're getting ready, as you're going to the car. Hey, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. And then when you walk in the back doors, you can just finish the verse. And now here we are. Here we are. And you know why David was excited? Because he had anticipation about what was about to take place in the house of the Lord. Let me tell you some things that have taken place in the house of the Lord just in the last couple months. Because we all came together, not as one, but we all came together, our little pieces, our little set came together. Here's what happened during the month leading up to Christmas. We gave over 1,100 Christmas cards to veterans through the Veteran Rural Outreach. We did that together. We did that, yeah. Come on, don't go to sleep on me. I was bragging on you. Stay with me here, all right? 
We, together, we were able to provide gifts for 75 angels, 75 families to the angel tree ministry. 60 people, over 60 people rang bells on Black Friday to help raise funds for uh, Salvation Army in that way. 104 boxes went to Operation Christmas Child to help kids around the world have Christmas, know the story of Jesus. And before Christmas started, back in the fall, because we had to do the shipping and stuff, we did a thing with Luke Dove for Cotton Nino in Guatemala, and we raised or we collected 150 Christmas bags and 200 Bibles that were sent to Cotton Nino. That is so cool. We did that together. Here's the reality. Any one of you guys could have sent a Bible to Cotton Nino. But would you have? If we hadn't come together and talked about it, would you have? See, when we come together, the little things all of a sudden take off, and they become huge. And, and then we got to the week right before Christmas, and we talked for a month about the, the red envelopes, and people were trying to figure out, what's the red envelope? And we had videos explaining the red envelope, and we talked about what it looked like to do things together. And just so that you know, because a bunch of you have been asking, we are starting off 2024 with the largest together initiative offering we've ever had. Close... Close to $170,000 already in hand out of the quarter of a million. We already in hand to do stuff. And that's going to allow us not only to do what we thought we were going to do, but it's going to allow us to do some stuff that God had already thought about that we haven't thought about. He hadn't told us yet, but he's going to. And we can do that stuff because we did it together. We did it together. Let's go. Let's go. I want you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 is about three-quarters of the way through the Old, New Testament. And, and in Hebrews chapter 10, this is important, this is important. Scholars aren't really positive, 100% positive, who wrote the book of Hebrews. For a long time, a lot of people said it was Paul because there's some stuff in, in Hebrews that looks like some of his other letters. But there's also some stuff in Hebrews that doesn't look like any of his other letters. So they're not really 100% positive. But here's the deal. It really doesn't matter who wrote it because what in it is gold. And in Hebrews chapter 10... The author does an amazing job of reminding us of what a great gift that we have received in our salvation through Jesus Christ. And, and, and in, in, these, in these last verses, he transitions into a kind of a let's go moment. And the author challenges us to, to go because of what we've received. We need to stand strong. And, and because of the team that we're on, we don't need to give up. And so in chapter 10 and verse 19, check out what it says. All right. And I'm going to stop a couple places and explain some stuff. All right. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Time out, stop, okay? Some of you already know this, but if you don't, you need to know this, okay? When you're talking about the most holy place, the most holy place is like the Holy of Holies. It's in the temple. Remember, David said, let us be excited because we go to go to the house of the Lord. But the most holy place was this place that God had designed and told them to put in the center of the, uh, the temple, center of the, of the temple. And it was the place where they set the Ark of the Covenant, which in their mind symbolized the resting place, the seat of God, the throne of God. And so it's in the Holy of holies and it's a very 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 special place so special that only one person can ever go beyond the curtain into the holy of holies not just a priest has to be the high priest and he can only go in there once a year he can go in there once a year to pray for the sins of the people and ask for forgiveness you can see why that makes it such a holy such a special important place but then god your god is so cool and his his, his specificity in his design of things, 
He, designed, he told the people to design a robe for the priest to wear when he went in there. And this is not just any robe or any garments. It's got a special cloth, special material and everything. But then around the bottom of the robe, they were to sew these little like jingle bells on around the bottom of the robe that the priest would wear when he went into the Holy of Holies once a year. <clears throat> Why in the world would they do that? Well, because as he moved around and walked around and prayed, they could hear, hear the little bells jingling. Right? But what if they stop? The little bells aren't jingling, Court. What do we do? Well, nobody can go in there. And if old boy just died while he's in there, we got a problem. We got a problem. So the other thing they told him to do, not only to sew bells on the bottom of the rope, they said tie a rope around his ankle when he goes in there. God said it, not me. His idea, not mine. Right? But the whole point was, if the bells stop tinkling and the guy in there is dead, people from the outside can pull him back out and we can appoint a new high priest who can go back in. That's, God, that's how cool God's design is. But here's what I want you to see. It says, look, that we, we can now boldly enter the most holy place. How can we do that? Because when the moment that Jesus died on the cross, one of the things that happened in that moment of death is the veil around the Holy of Holies in the temple was torn. And it was torn from the top to the bottom. See, if there was a man strong enough, if there was a Samson walking around or somebody big as Goliath walking, if they could go in and tear that veil, they would have had to have done it from the bottom up because they couldn't get to the top. But when that veil was torn from the top to the bottom, it was symbolic. God was saying, hey, you no longer need this place and this man. You can come directly to me because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That... That's why it's important to understand Scripture and understand all of it. So, so the writer of Hebrews says, it's under brothers and sisters. We can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. And by his death, Jesus opened a new life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let's go. Let's go right into the presence of God. How about that? Let's go into the presence of God. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Let's go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Look at the next thing here. Look at the next thing. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. That's what happens over there in the baptistry. We get completely clean of our sin. We get completely clean of our sin. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Amen. Let's go one more thing. Check this last part out. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. Some translations say, as some people are in the habit of doing. You know, some people get in the habit of not worshiping together. Some people get, I love, I love the fact that before COVID ever was created and released, I love that before any of that ever happened, we were already online. We already had an online presence. And so when all that broke loose, all our boys back there in the back had to do was figure out a few more platforms. And we went from two platforms to 11 in about 24 hours, and let's go. Let's go, all right? But online is the backup plan. When you're sick, when you're traveling, online works great. But if you just say, I'm just going to sit here in my PJs and drink my coffee and do my here the reality is probably you might have it on but you're not worshiping if we're being real 
Because look what the scripture says. Let us not forsake. Let us not get in the habit of coming together. Why do we come together? So we can think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So that we can tip pizza men. So that we can figure out how to send bags and boxes all the way around the world so that people can know about Jesus. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need to be together for worship. And this thing of, well, I, you know, I, I do this or this, but I just, like to, I just like to sit at home and watch 10 other preachers. Good, they're great preachers. But here's the deal. You can't practice with one team and play for another. Just saying. Just saying. And that's what this place is. This place, it's kind of like a locker room. And every good team needs a locker room. Because there's some amazing stuff that happens in the locker room. You know what happens in the locker room? You know what happens in the locker room? The locker room is where relationships are built. Locker rooms are where relationships are built. Guys sitting around sweating. They've been practicing. They've been going hard. Locker rooms are where relationships are built. Am I right, Bo? All right, coach, all right, all right. That's where relationships are built, all right? And, and it's important because, man, there's stuff that happens in locker rooms and on whatever kind of vehicle you travel on, if you get fortunate enough to be on a team, that you just can't replace in life. They're meaningful. It's been 40 years since I've had a uniform on to play, and there's still guys, some of them live in California, that I'm in touch with on a regular basis because of relationships we built in the locker room. And friendships and things like that. Relationships are built there. But also, the game plan is launched there. Locker room's important, right, Brock? Coach Brock? That's where, that's where he lets out the game plan on Friday night. All right? That's where the game plan's let it. But guess what? Our game plan, I didn't make it up. Our elders didn't make it up. We got a playbook. And our playbook's full of the game plan. And when we come together and come in the locker room because we're excited to be here, all we're doing is figuring out the game plan that God already gave us. And we're launching that game plan. The locker room's also a place where adjustments are made. You ever been watching a game with your favorite team and it ain't going well? It ain't going well at all? I remember, I think it was like 10 years ago, maybe a little more I was sitting with some guys from here at Blake Shouse's house, just right over the hill there, and we're watching our boys from Lexington play the LSU Tigers. And at halftime, we were down 31 points. At halftime, we were down 31 points. Man, we're like, what is up with this? I don't know what went on in that locker room, but it should have been filmed, packaged, and sent to every team everywhere because they came out and won the game in the second half because of adjustments that were made in the locker room. And see, there's going to be times in life where things don't go the way that we want them to go, and we've got to make adjustments along the way because we have an adversary that's out there. Look what Jesus said in John chapter 16. Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on earth, in this game, you will have many trials and sorrows. Sometimes you're going to lose. But take heart. <laughs> I've overcome the world. Take heart. I've already won the game. Amen. Get out there. Let's go. Let's go. We got this. You know, the problem is sometimes, sometimes 
teams just need to learn how to win again. Because, man, when you're winning, when you're winning, if you've ever been on a team, when you're winning, man, you just find ways to win. Like crazy, stupid, I can't believe that just happened, ways to win. But guess what? When you're losing, you will figure out ways to snatch defeat out of the hands of victory. And it's hard to turn that ship around and start winning again. So you got to get in the locker room. You got to work extra. You got to do the extra work. And sometimes the biggest problem is we're carrying around bags we don't need to be carrying around. You ever seen this dude in the airport? Check it. You ever seen that guy in the airport? <laughs> Have you ever been that dude in the airport? <laughs> like, man, I go, so I see this guy, like, I, I had been that guy before when our kids were little. I have sworn I will never be that dude again. I have learned the art of packing lightly. You realize you can go away for a week with a backpack. You can roll that stuff up. You can go. And you know what's cool about that? Now that, that we've kind of learned that art of packing lightly, we don't even check luggage. We throw it up in the top. You know when the plane stops and there's that beep? Y'all know the beep, right? What happens when the beep? The beep goes and everybody stands up and it's like, it's like a gang war trying to get off the plane. And then I get it. I was that guy before. You're trying to figure out, I got to make my next flight. I got to get the next flight. And so it's like there's no joy in traveling at all. Now the thing beeps, and I can kind of sit and laugh at people. Because I don't even have to go to baggage claim. I got mine. Some of us come to worship that way. We're carrying this, we're pulling this bag of guilt. Or carrying our backpack of fear. Shame. Whatever it is. And here's the problem for a lot of us. Careful now, I might want to hold on. Here, here we go. Some of us, we didn't get those bags here. We brought them with us from another locker room. We got hurt really bad. And church hurt sucks. But we got to deal with it. Because if you packed a bag full of hurt or guilt or shame or whatever somewhere else and it finally got so bad that you didn't want to go there and you wanted to switch teams and you wanted to be a free agent and you wanted to go to another locker room and you brought that bag with you, you're still hurting. You're still hurting. And you just contaminated another team with your hurt. Let's deal with the hurt. Let's be bold and go straight on and deal with the hurt and deal with the grief so that we can pack lightly and enjoy our trip and enjoy our day to the locker room. Because then that's when God's going to really be able to make a difference. Because the locker room, here's this last thing. Here's this. The locker room is where motivation is rekindled and the team is ready to get back in the game. Remember the movie, Remember the Titans? Uh, an all-white team gets infused with an all-black team and they've got to figure out how to get along. They've got to figure out how to get along. And as the movie progresses, as the story progresses, they figure out through locker room and through the practice field and stuff like, hey, we're actually, we actually bleed the same color. And we're actually all the same team. And when they figure that out, amazing things start to happen. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 21, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off those bags. Throw off that old sinful nature, your former way of life, which corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature. Put on the new uniform that's created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And let's go. Let's go. 
the church is more, it's like a locker room for Christians. And locker rooms are important for every team. But you know one thing that I figured out? Jason and I were talking about this this week in his office. We were talking about this whole idea. There's never been a game won in the locker room. You go in there and make adjustments. You build relationships. You do all those things. But eventually, if you're going to win the game, you've got to hit the field. You've got to get out on the gridiron or on the diamond or the court or wherever it is. That's where the games are won. The games are not won in the locker room. Their games are won on the court because you eventually got to go play. That's why it's so hard to be a coach. You can tell all the best things in the world. You can give all the greatest tips in coaching, but you don't get to shoot or throw or tackle. Players do who are in the game, who are on the field. And so we got to go. We got to go. And the field's exciting feels exciting most of the time. Ministry is awesome. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus has just started ministry. This is Mark's way of recording the beginning of ministry. He doesn't spend a lot of time in the, the birth narrative like Matthew and Luke do, but John just kind of gets, or excuse me, Mark just kind of gets right to the point. And in Mark chapter 1, some stuff's already going on. Peter's mother-in-law has died, and Jesus comes and heals and does all that. And so then there's this moment where he chooses the team. He starts picking his disciples. and Come on, I know you're a fisherman. Come on, I'm going to make you fisher of men. Let's go. Let's go. And, and then he showed his power by performing miracles. But then he also showed his vulnerability in Mark 1 by saying, hey, you guys hang tight. I got I to gotta go up on the hill here and talk to the general manager. I got to go be with the father for a little while. And he went up and he prayed. And then he came back down. And when he came back down, people were coming. People were coming to this little town of Capernaum from all over Galilee. And Jesus could have been satisfied to stay right there. And let those come to him, let all those people come to him. But in Mark chapter 1, verse 38, look what he told him. He said, we got to go. We must go. Some translations say, we must go to the other small towns as well. And so that I can preach to them. That's why I've come. We got to go. We got to go. Small towns. Jesus said, he just can't stay here. We got to take other towns. You know, for several years now, our leadership has been praying about, hoping for, just waiting for the right opportunity to have other campuses. But our commitment has been small towns. Shelbyville's not the smallest town, but it's not the biggest. We're not metropolitan, but, but there's a lot of little burgs, a lot of little crossroads, even in Shelby County, that desperately need a cool place to go to the locker room and get re-energized. And so we're ready, but we've just been waiting and saying, God, when, when you're ready, you show us. I think 2024 might be the year because just in the last month, I've gotten a couple calls and I was like, really? There might be a room at that place where we could go and do worship? Really? Let's go. Let's go see what God's got in store but it's not always easy. Before you jump on the bandwagon, go. I need, I need to leave you with this because it's not always easy. It's not always easy. Because I wanted to, here's what Jesus said you've got to do if you want to be willing to go. You've got to go. Next, go to the next one. He said, if you want to be ready to go, if you want to be a follower, if you want to be on this team, you've got to be willing to give up your own way. Some translations say deny yourself. You got to take off that old nasty uniform that wasn't working. You got to be willing to deny yourself and put on something new. You got to be willing to listen to the coach and not do it all for yourself. And then you got to take up your cross. Oh man, when Jesus said that to those people, 
<laughs> they knew what he was talking about because people have been crucified for years before Jesus got there. So when he starts talking about taking up your cross and carrying your cross, they knew what he's talking about. And like, that's, that's tough. And then you got to follow me. Those are tough words. Why would anybody do that? Why in the world would these guys, these fishermen, these tax collectors, these nobodies, these ordinary, unskilled, untrained men, as the Bible talks about, why would they do that? Because they bought into the mission. They understood their assignment. And they knew that they were part of something bigger than themselves. A couple weeks ago, sometime in the last seven to ten days, one of our ladies, a member here, saw something on Facebook. There was a message on Facebook that asked the question, what is it that you know that you need, but you know you need to wait until after Christmas to be able to get it financially? And she thought, all right, I'll answer it. She talks, some repairs done on my car, some things done on my car. All of a sudden, she gets a private message from the guy who posted the message and said, hey, I just feel like I need to help out. I can fix all that stuff for you if you'll bring it to. And I, she, he told her that his place of employment, if you'll bring your beer, I'll take care of it. You don't have to do that. That's not what I was in. No, no, I, I really, I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to do that. That's what I'm led to do. And so she does. She takes her vehicle to him. And I'm not telling you who she was or who he was or her place of business because I don't want all you guys flooding there. All right? <laughs> but she gets there and he's doing the work and, he asks, and she asks him, thank you so much. This is so appreciated. Why in the world would you do this? And the guy looks at her and says, about eight years ago, I was really in a tough season of my life. And Shelby Christian Church tipped me $1,700 for delivering a pizza. Come on. Only God does that. Why do we come together and do what we do? So God can do stuff like that. Because when we do the little stuff that we can do, he can do the big stuff that only he can do. When we love him and we love people, then he can change the world. That's why it's so important. And so in this first service of the year, let's go. And, and let's move. So here's, some of you need to move right now. You need to move. You know it in your heart that you need to move right now. Some of you need to get past the pride of praying. Just being real. Some of you need to quit worrying about what somebody will think if you kneel at your seat and start praying, or if you come up here and kneel and start praying, or go over the foot of the cross. You just need to get over that because you need to pray. And you need to pray, God, just oh, what do you want? What do you want? What, how can I help this team? How can I help this team? If all I can do to help this team is carry the water, I can't score the touchdown, but I'll carry, I'll carry the water. God, what do you need? What do you need? And we need to pray and ask Him, what, what do you need me to do? What do you need me to do? Some of you need to get a uniform today. Some of you need to surrender and let this day, January 7th, 2023, be the day you get a uniform and you join the team and you walk out of here different. That you go over there and, and, and I love when I can say this over and over again. You will not be alone. You will not be alone. I'm going to be in there with you today and we'll take care of it. We'll wash that old stuff away as only God can do. And we'll give you a new uniform that's white as snow. 
You need to get in the game today. Some of you have already done that, and so you need to, because you're in the game and because you understand how important it is for other people to get in the game and for other people to understand the good news, you need to give. You need to walk as you, as you move. You need to go to an offering box, and you need to give. And if you didn't give enough earlier, you need to give more. That's up to you and God. And some of you, in fact, most of us, need to move and get those little emblems so that we can remember how we got on the team that we got on. And we can be forever grateful. It's time. You ready? Let's go. Let's stand up and let's go. If you need, if you need to make a decision to get baptized, Bobby and Jason will be right back here. I'm going to get ready. So come on, let's go. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God.
things of the goodness of God. a cup Um, so right now if you have your cup with you can you hear me okay can you hear me okay if you have your cup with you some of us just need to be reminded that we belong to him amen so as we hold this cup this is a reminder that he loves us no matter what we've done we are his and he paid the price So let's take this piece of bread together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins once and for all, for the atonement for all. Let's take the cup. Now it's time to celebrate. and he's been thinking about this talking to Miss Tiff and the youth team and says this is the day this is the day he's going to get this started so proud of any time anybody makes this decision so Carter I just want to ask you do you believe Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God yes are you willing to make him your lord and savior yes and follow him for the rest of your life yes all right here you go let me have your hands here and because you made that confession of faith I am proudly uh, going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sin, the gift of eternal life. They're going to be getting married before long. But Emily, uh, last week, uh, was just moved by what God was doing and came and talked to Jan and said, this week, I want to give my life to Jesus. And so, uh, we're excited. Yeah. And, and so, Corey's in here. He's, he's getting ready to be a husband, and he's going to help make sure that I don't drown her in here. <laughs> but Emily, I just want to ask you to repeat after me, okay? I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of Living God. The Son of Living God. And I accept Him. And I accept Him as my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. Because of that confession, you're being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of all your sins.
gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. Brandon, you can wave and be proud back there. You should be. Uh, Brandon's one of our deputies, and there's a bunch of them in the room. So just so you guys know, this is the safest place you can come to church. <laughs> but uh, they've been attending here for a while. And this has been a, a, a trying year in many ways. Uh, we, we buried Kara's dad earlier this year, a war veteran, and we just talked through all that. And last Sunday, just you got to know, Brandon had let me know that Kara was thinking about this. And so last Sunday, I was standing right over here, and I just happened to look right back there, and I saw it, and I just feel like God saying, pray right now, pray right now, pray right now. So I started praying for Kara. started praying for Kara, and that she'd have the courage to go ahead and make it. I think it was that night that Brandon texted me and said, she wants to do it next Sunday. So, yeah. <laughs> So Thursday night down in my office before before worship up here, we talked about this. They did the fast track version of first step and pathways, and Kara's ready to say, let's go. Let's go. So let's go. Let's go. I'm so proud. Will you repeat after me? I believe. I believe. That Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. And I accept him. And I accept him. As my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. Yeah. Because of that confession of faith, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of all your sins, the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. Okay, hand. I'm still here. I'm just saying. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already wet if you need to. Like. But here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Real quick. We just want to let you know about a couple things real quick. Uh, first of all, uh, ladies, there is a special opportunity for you to dig into the Word and learn the Word. Kim is doing just a three-week series called uh, Bible 101 for Ladies. She did it this morning at 930. That's one option. It's already gone. But tonight at 5.30 is another time through that first lesson. Then next week you have the options of the lesson two is at either 9.30 or again at 5.30 at night. And then the third week, lesson three. So that's for ladies. Uh, guys, we got stuff coming too. This coming Saturday morning, it was in announcements. You'll see it again in a minute here. Uh, there's a prayer breakfast out in the Common Grounds area. We're going to get together, have some fun and fellowship food. Uh, but we're also got two things to plan for. One is the Super Bowl party. Uh, for guys, it's coming up the second Sunday of February. But then our Uncommon Men's Conference that's coming up this year in the spring, April 19th and 20th, we got to get our act together and start planning all that stuff. So want to let you know about that. Come to those things. And the last thing I need to let you know about are we making some transitions staffing-wise. For the last several months, we've kind of had a three-headed team doing our elementary ministry. Uh, Miss Tiffany, who's back here with Carl Davis, is stepping in to a full-time role. 
role as children's minister. Miss Tiffany uh, and Miss Kim are still helping out. They're still in there helping out. So we still got the three at a monster, uh, but Aston's in a full-time role. He's getting ready to graduate with his degree in ministry. And so we're excited about that. He grew up at our church. We're excited about that. And finally, the other thing, uh, Callista Craddock has been serving in our nursery in our nursery for years and years, seven years as the director coordinator. She's stepping aside to be able to do some other things. Uh, and Lori Pruitt and Jennifer Peach, someone brain did, uh, are stepping into that role of leadership. And so, but here's the deal. I can't talk about nursery without saying this. They need some help. They need some help, especially on Thursday night. So if Sunday morning is kind of like your worship time, obviously it is, why don't you pray about and consider coming on Thursday nights and helping out with little kids? And if you'd even be willing to consider that, find out more about that, Jennifer, wave real big. She's over here. Or stop out at the nursery window and see whoever's out there. And they'd love to talk to you about what that looks like because we really need to be able to help out in that ministry so that these little children's moms and dads can come and learn more about Jesus and get ready to go. Get ready to go, all right? Man, it's been a good first day of the year, hasn't it? First Sunday of the year. Yeah. So let's get up and let's go. Let's go love God. Let's go love people. Let's watch him change the world. We'll see you guys. Ladies, Kim is inviting you to go deeper in the Word this year. She has some reading plans available to pick up in Bible 101 groups starting this Sunday. You can choose between two times, 9.30 a.m. or 5.30 p.m. It's going to be a three-week series located in the Joy Room. You can text her for more information. Men, we are not forgetting you. Make plans for the men's breakfast Saturday, January 13th at 8 a.m. Enjoy some fellowship as they plan and discuss the upcoming men's events. What better way to start out the new year than to celebrate some baptisms that we've seen on Christmas Eve? Roll that replay.